Suleiman, <laughs> how's your week? Sad did. <laughs> yeah, my week was my week was very interesting, bro. Um, how so? So I spent most of the week preparing for two interviews um, okay. on Wednesday and Thursday. Like I, w- I was I was in a very like blessed position to have two interviews. Um, like work related interviews or yeah, work related like summer internships. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. in the legal sector, mm. and. So yeah, I was preparing for both of the interviews. One was on Wednesday, one was on Thursday. Um, so I, I I did both interviews. They went relatively well. Like after leaving both of the interviews, I felt like I had a decent shot at getting an offer, mm. hopefully. Um, then I got the call. I got two phone calls on Friday. <laughs> so one of them was from each law firm. So the the one I got at 4 p.m. was from the interview I had on Wednesday. And um, I found out, unfortunately, that I didn't get the offer. And I was quite gutted. Um, not, I'm not gonna lie. I was I was a bit disappointed uh, because I worked really hard for that interview, and then I got a phone call at 4:30 saying I've got the offer for the one I had on Thursday. Yeah, well, same so, day. Same day. Like wow. literally mm. right after each other, and it was kind of funny how they happened chronolo- chronologically because that's the way I had my interviews as well. Okay. Um, but it was just the interesting thing I took away from that experience was how easily your mindset can change and how dependent we are on external factors and influence our and in, in influencing our kind of um our attitude and mm, our kind of mm. um our headspace mm. and it's like it links to a lot of the theories i've studied about stoicism and about um ways in which we should have control over our emotions mm. and not be so dependent on things that are not in our control it was an interesting week um i took a lot away from it mm. but yeah that's enough about me Sadadin, how was your week bro this week was the first week I would say one of the f- one of the first times since being here that I w- I had an essay to to hand in, and I thought, yeah, do you see this essay here? I'm gonna take it serious. Like I'm gonna try and bang it out. I'm gonna read everything that I need to read, and then just piece it all together and 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 write a coherent argument. So I gave myself like five, four, four, five days to write this one piece of writing, and it wasn't that long. It was like maybe a f- under a thousand words. And as I'm writing it, I'm feeling myself. I'm like, yeah, this is going to bang. Mm. Like, I can't <laughs> wait for my man to read this. Um, and I've read so many books. Like, I, I could, I know what the argument, like, exactly what I want to write, everything like that. And then I get the result now. I get, so I hand it in. My, my, the person that marks it, he's so efficient. So he will mm. read it at 6 a.m. And, it's, and then email it to you first thing in the morning. Wow. So I'm in bed, yeah, and then I get that, you know, like the, <laughs> the email notification. And I'm like, right. you know, like, rubbing your hands, like, yeah, okay, yeah. let's see. Um, and then I Your open it <laughs> and, <laughs> and I open it and you don't care about anything. Other. I just want to see the grade. Yeah. Yeah. And then I get the grade and it's a 2-2. Two, two. I worked hard for this, like to, 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 put, to put this piece of writing together. Probably as hard or more hard than I've worked for anything bar like the actual exams mm. yeah because these things they don't count to, to the final grade only the exams count and i remember thinking like so i tried hard enough than i've tried for just about any other essay for that i had to hand in weekly and i've gotten a lower grade than all of those ones that i've probably done like day before mm-hmm. quick you get me quick couple googles all right cool I, I see what kind of argument i need to put here let me piece it together and i just remember thinking like why did i try that hard if, if i'm gonna get the lower grade and then, like, speaking on, taking a leaf out of Suleiman's book, I remember just sort of sitting and, and letting it soak in and that. And, it, and, and one of the main benefits of me actually trying hard and one thing I found is that when I'm reading the feedback, 
I'm actually really trying to take it on board and really trying to see what this person's point of view is because I put in time. So when you told me, when you're trying to correct it or anything, I want to know exactly what point. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So, for example, one of the things is that, yeah, so the, the first and second paragraph, they kind of contradict. If I didn't work hard on that, I'd be like, all right, cool. I don't, like, it's fair enough. Yeah. Like, your point, your like, yeah. yeah. But, but when I put work, I'm like, what one? Like, what sentence? Yeah. Do you know what I want? So I yeah, want to know yeah, exactly yeah. what are you talking about? But, but the thing is, when you come to, like, actually then do exams or when it comes to be tested on, like, then that's the thing you really remember. Yeah. Like, the thing you got wrong, you're yeah. like, that's, yeah, that's in your head now. Like, yeah. you really learnt it. And, like, in terms of what you actually take away and learn from something, yeah. like you learn more probably from getting it wrong than you would have from yeah. like just another essay. Exactly. Or, yeah. And it came down to this two two ways of thinking of it. And so the man mentioned it, like getting by, which mm. is probably what I would have done if I didn't try or, or actually learning from the process that you yeah. mentioned. So it's kind of what, what do you want to get out of it? And I suppose it's always regardless of the result, it's more important the process so that yeah. was what i took from that sort of mini snippet of my week man Nah, 100 percent. i hear that yeah but the, i remember as well when i was doing my my exams as well like last summer the the ones i thought i did well in i got the like worst marks in the ones Why i thought i did amazingly that? in yeah or the, or the other way around the, the ones i thought i flopped those were my best ones at the end so yeah why do you think that is i don't even that know. doesn't even make sense i don't even know i can't i actually can't tell you like um I feel maybe I feel like when you're when you're under pressure, especially in like an academic sense, you want to make like you go to the threadbare details and you really work with it, mm. as opposed to when you feel confident, mm. you just add bare things. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, that's so did true. Did you know that this guy used to wear the color red? That's so true. It's because you know so much about the overarching yeah. topic that you want to let everyone. You know I mean you want? Yeah. Yeah, you mm. know so much about the topic that you just want to offload everything you know about yeah. it. Yeah. In the essay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Mobin, tell me, bro. Yeah, but um, you veer from your argument. You you st you've stopped arguing things. You just start exactly. saying things like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, how was your week, man? How was my week? Alhamdulillah, now my week was good. My, my week was a uh, was a good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this week. Um, so I started this week. I had so I had two coursework submissions at the start of the week. Um, I can't lie. Some of the things I was writing, I don't know if even I agreed with it, but you know, it's just by, by any means. That's yeah, what, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. taught me anyway. So like, um, so yeah, no, I had that one on Monday. It was a weight off my weight off my shoulders. Um, Thursday, so my sister, my sister's been working outside of the country. Um, she messaged us in the morning to say, "Oh, can like everyone get together at home? Start. Uh, I'm sending a big delivery for you guys as a surprise." I get home and it's her herself ah. who is the delivery <laughs> on some like family cuteness and, and this and that. <laughs> that so yeah, is, no. That's very cute. So man. yeah, no, it was it was nice. Um, Friday, I took an L as well actually. Tell her like, yeah, no, I, I took a big Gone. L. Please share. Um, so <laughs> it'll make so, me yeah, feel better. Yeah, 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 no. So imagine I'm doing so my, I'm doing a masters at the moment. Half half my masters is like modules. The other half is a dissertation. So a whole half of this whole thing that I'm doing, I'm I'm paying for it, everything. Apparently, I was meant to tell them what I want to do for my dissertation, which is that half on Monday. I found out about this on Thursday. So first and Thursday was the night that my sister was now here as well. So Friday morning, I had to wake up and be like, well, dissertation. Let's like, what do we where do we go from here? So. um, So, yeah, no, it was one of them last minute, just like put something together, send it oh, off type really? situations. But yeah. Do you have time later on to adjust it? Yeah. Okay. Well, Thank God for that. I, I'm then. hoping at least anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's my hope. But yeah, that's no, good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Mobin, 
becoming let's yeah. talk about some some early memories man what 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 comes to mind it's tesco's honestly <laughs> i can't like bro i can I relate d- to that i, I, I don't know why i just i just remember being in, in like a i don't know if i was in a baby seat or something in in one red car looking at like the window of of what, the high building that i now associate with tesco's so like the, the capitalism thing was weird <laughs> from, from day one but um but yeah, no. So I grew up in I grew up in I was born in Southwest London. Okay. Um, so I went to school like in Twickenham or like oh, near, okay, near yeah, Twickenham. Yeah. Um, yeah, between at, but at the same time, every summer we would go to Sudan for the whole like summer holidays and mm. stuff. So like I would say my earliest memories are like probably like nursery and just my mum and dad like walking in and stuff. Um, and then also just like like my un- uncles and aunties in Sudan and stuff mm. and like yeah I relate to your point about Tesco because <laughs> for me like I I never went on my first holiday or trip abroad until I was 17 so up until 17 Tesco's was basically like going global <laughs> because <laughs> every aisle was something different like I used to chill in the DVD section for long <laughs> but um, I used to love Tesco man everything was happening in Tesco <laughs> did, you, did your mom ever let you um my mom would do this thing. She'd let me go to Tesco's and then buy the sandwich, eat the sandwich, but keep the wrapper and then I have to yes. pay for it in the oh. checkout. I basically, I, I used to excited. go in there and eat everything. And <laughs> yeah. Mom, yeah. Trust me, I used to do that as well. Very exciting. But, um, I remember yeah. supermarkets just getting lost in them, man. And just yeah. being shook. Yeah. Did you ever, bro, did you ever yeah. have to like come to the side and they call your mom on the loudspeaker? Yeah, yeah, I remember happens. my parents always saying like, if you get lost, don't move, innit? But I used to be that's too hard, yeah. like because it's easier to find. But I was like, nah, bun that. I'm looking I'm, for you. I'm, like, I'm, I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm moving. Uh, like. Yeah, and you kind of you kind of develop because it happened to me so many times. I like, develop like strategies. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Do I snake around all the aisles, <laughs> or do I just run past all the aisles and then just look? Yeah. So if yeah, you're in the middle aisle and you're looking both ways, <laughs> and, and yeah. Do you know? Do you know why this is so funny? When I was five years old or five or six. I got lost in King Street Southall. I, I was in Dixie Chicken with my family, mm. but then I think they left. I don't know why they left me, yeah? <laughs> but like, <laughs> they left me, or I left them. Something happened. I got lost in King Street, and then I, I just, my mum wasn't there, innit? and my brother wasn't there. So I had to get the E5 back home. No. Uh, yeah. And well, because. How old were you? I was, okay, maybe five or six is pushing it. Like, mm. definitely under nine, mm. definitely under eight. Like, so it was my first time on the bus by myself. Damn. And I got the E5 back to my house. Knocked on my neighbor's door. Start, I was like, I think I was crying, bro. I can't lie. <laughs> and I was like, I'm lost. I need. I know my mom's number by heart. Let me call her right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, my mom found the policeman. They they came back to the to the house because I gave them a call. That's oh. tr- you know what I'm starting getting oh. memories. Thank God, thank God, <laughs> thank God, man. That's, yeah. a, that's mad that you remembered your number off by heart at that yeah. age. I think yeah. don't like. Did your parents never like advise you to memorize their number? I think quite I young, did, yeah. But not not. Yeah. Also, also I think seven or eight. No. Yeah, but when you're young, your memory is so like I feel like your memory is much stronger when you're small compared yeah, to when you're older. Definitely, like, definitely. Yeah. Just starts getting saturated with useless. Things, <laughs> yeah, like. yeah, I remember. I still remember to this day that GTA cheat code for weapons: R one, R two, R one, R two. Left, um, right up. Left, I'm right up. Screaming! What? I'm screaming! Guys, where's my birthday? <laughs> Where's my birthday? Sometime, yeah. but you remember GTA so when codes? It's hot. I'm, <laughs> when it's hot. I'm actually dead. Do you know the thing that makes me remember things so much? You know when when I smell something, mm. there's some smells that if like uh. if you tell me if you tell me in words like do you remember this 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 I'll say no. Mm. As soon as I smell something, I can see it in front of me. Just literally uh. like you know, I this can, is yeah. such an interesting topic, and I'm gonna use that to go into an avenue of your life. Okay. So <laughs> when okay in terms of smells. Tell me what it what it smells like to live in a Sudanese household, and then more than that, tell me what it's what, what does it mean to be Sudanese for you? 
<laughs> it smells like so, <laughs> so it needs I've got one bait smell. <laughs> There's one um I don't even know, I think it's called sandalwood or something in, in English. <laughs> in so, English. When I tell you every Sudanese person in, in, in the global world <laughs> smells smells of this smell. It's honestly it's you've been to Sudan yeah, as well, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, yeah, I I think the the idea of you talking about like the individualization of, of people here, it's like you do things on your own you might if you happen to know your neighbor like that's you mm. being social whereas in sudan you'll know like the whole like oh what what area are you from oh and then you immediately know a couple people from yeah. that area or like you know the family and things like that and i think that dynamic is the one that translates it is the most different firstly i just think it's a more human way to live like i think it's just fundamentally more human for you to like for your life to just not be isolated like for you to be like depend to a degree dependent on other people just right. always in contact with other people and stuff that's better in terms of support systems as well mm -hmm. like so one thing that's big is like whenever there's a passing for example or a wedding or anything like that you can fall back on other people a lot like your neighbors is it's to, to mad degrees like for mm -hmm. example so when my mom was telling me how someone in her hometown when they were getting married like they must have so that their neighbors and their, their, their houses have like one wall between them Imagine they, for the wedding, they demolish the wall so they can share the house so they can receive guests together and then they put the wall up back after that the wedding. That is mad. That, and that's normal. And that's normal. That's not like a, that's not like a big thing. Like that was a, yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, it's generally like, yeah. That's, <laughs> like, we need to deep that for one second. Yeah, that's no, mad. Bro, like they'll rearrange their furniture. They'll do, yeah, like a, that's, that's the better. Like it's very, and yeah. it's very heartwarming. Yeah. And like, yeah. But the worst is that it can lead to like a lot of gossiping that's that makes you feel and like a lot of group thinking as well yeah. like you don't really I, I feel like it's very 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 difficult for you to be there in that type of society and think independently it's mm. so easy to just like come like you can have the same conversation with five people and everyone just thinks the same thing and and like it's, it's to the degree where like i say this knowing that you're going to reply that and that I'm gonna reply that back to you, like so. It's kind, of, it's it's almost it's a like dance. A, it's a simulation. It's a dance. Yeah, exactly. But um, and some other stuff as well. And it means that when someone's marginalized, yeah, they're marginalized. That's it. Like they're they're like you, yeah. there's certain things you can't be. Yeah, there. in so, group, out group, kind of. Yeah, thinking. yeah, exactly. That's really interesting. Yeah. Let's let's move forward onto onto like your life in Britain growing up. So you talk about like you had a strong relationship with Sudan, a mm. uh, relationship mm. with with your parents, and then those are the form the earliest part of your memories what about moving on to sort of school what were you how would you describe yourself then how do you describe yourself in that setting i always see my life in terms of like a before and after moment so like i kind of i feel like i was just going through the motions of school and stuff so i'm, I'm very fortunate i had my, my brother and sister to look up to and they were like they were always kind of very uh on top of things at school and they would like be they were really really good role models in that sense um but they're a bit older than me so i was kind of just like I don't know, on autopilot through this life, basically, until um, at the start of year nine. So uh, my father, this is about around 2010, my, my dad got unwell, was really unwell for months and months, and he was like, still in hospital until he passed away, um, like towards the end of year nine, basically. That's when I can, that's when I felt like, that's when my memories start. Like, that's when I feel like I was born almost, like, or my, or my, my conscious life started. Um, and yeah, I kind of, I just see things in terms of like, everything before that experience was kind of just building up to that moment. That moment then put me in front of the world in such a different way, made me confront questions that are completely different to the questions of that you ask yourself when you're in year nine and stuff. But yeah, no, but a big blessing. And 
I, I took a lot out of it from, from that age as well. But like... What were some of those yeah. questions? Just like... I think it was... Firstly, like, this life is urgent. Like, this, this, world, is, this world is going quick. Like, so what are you doing? Like, what... And what happens next? Like, what's what's on the other side? Or like, how do like, and and I, in terms of living consciously, like, what does that look like? Like, all these, I I I didn't have the words for them at that time, mm. but I knew I was asking myself them, and I knew I was kind of had to like, I had to go and find my own answers because at, at that time, like, a lot a lot of the people around me, unless they'd gone through similar situations, it was very, very difficult for them to speak to me about this type of thing and stuff. So like, I was, I, I think I was very, very, very blessed because it it kind of like, God took care of me at that time. I had a lot of good people around me in terms of my family um, and in terms of just good voices. So it was never a situation of like, too, too, too much like distress. But at the same time, it was very like, it was a very intense experience, I would say. Mm. How did you? How did your habits or kind of attitude cha- change in like a more kind of a tangible sense? Like, mm. did you kind of go into school with a different mindset? I don't know. Like, do you remember the first day you went into school after that incident? And yeah. what was that day like? Yeah. Um, I remember. Yeah, man. I remember walking in. Joe, so mad that you said that. I've never thought about it like this. I, re- I remember walking in and like just immediately seeing two of my best friends to this day I'm so close with them proper wanting to take care of me like proper just sitting in front of me like just putting their arm around me and stuff like just spending time with me and stuff and I think one tangible way that it changed for me was like it took me a long time to to proper get accustomed to it but I started like valuing genuine people so much like people who really really have your best interests at heart and like want to support you and stuff so like I started to warm to people in a different way compared to before whereas like in school you're kind of more like you know you're more trying to just befriend the right crowd of people and stuff but um so I say in terms of the type of people I befriended that changed a lot mm. I I think I also in a funny way became a lot more grateful just like gratitude became an active thing of my life because we were in a situation where like fit like we just got like things could have been a lot worse in a lot of ways and it kind of just everything every time something bad didn't happen i was like oh i thank god that that didn't happen and like i started to become a lot more just like practically conscious of like oh no i'm so blessed to have this i'm so blessed to have this and stuff but yeah i'm interested interested in hearing like i don't know do do you guys feel like there was any type of event that or any type of thing that triggered that kind of before and after moment or for me it was Basically, I was in year 10 and up in from like year 9 to year 10, I would say I was quite a, I used to, I used to get in trouble a lot at school. Mm. Just a standard kind of rebellious kind of phase of adolescence, right? Um, but then I was in not permanent exclusion, but social exclusion for eight weeks. Mm. Um, so I was essentially just, miss, I had missed lunchtime for eight weeks. Um, and my, I had a, there was a meeting between my head teacher and my mum. And this was the second time my mom came to meet my head teacher. And my head teacher essentially asked my mom, like quite put that, like, she, she basically said, she kind of compelled my mom to look mm. for another school. Um, she was like, I think it is in your best interest to transfer your son to another school as soon as possible. Um, it's very difficult for us to permanently exclude him for a variety of reasons. So we would, ra- we would much rather you voluntarily leave. Mm. Um, so that incident happened. Uh, I went back to lesson. My mum stayed 
to talk to um, the head of Key Stage Four, which wasn't there, which wasn't the, which wasn't the headmistress. A little bit after I left, um, then when I came back at lunchtime for my social exclusion, the head of Key Stage Four had a conversation with me, and it was like to me, Suleiman, when you left to go back to your lesson, I had a conversation with your mum about the meeting, and she essentially cried to me, and she essentially like I had to like basically um, I had to kind of comfort her because. Uh, she felt like it was her fault, etc. And that, when, when, yeah, when my, when my when when she said that to me, things started to change, innit? And I was like, I was like, I need to become more mature. And what maturity meant for me was becoming less selfish, because yeah, that's that's what I, that's how I conceptualize maturity. Someone's mature when they start to have humility and they start to stop thinking about themselves so much. Mm. So after that moment, obviously I didn't become an angel, but like I started to do small things like not join in when everyone's messing around mm. and just be a bit more conscious about the way I move. But that's something that comes to my mind. That's so, that's so mad. Like, and you probably like, I'm, I'm guessing that your relationship with your mum probably felt different after that incident as well. Like, yeah, definitely. Like, you, you took yeah. it differently. Like, yeah, it's funny. Like, let me switch the, the, the mood of the room. Yeah. yeah. But like <laughs> the way my mum treats me now, is bare different yeah. how my used to me before. <laughs> like, because she values me now, yeah, <laughs> She knows yeah, I'm an asset. Yeah, <laughs> she knows I'm a tangible asset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's looking after me now. But I don't <laughs> we love it. We love Mom, it. you always looked after me, don't worry. <laughs> you mentioned your father's passing and, and how you saw that as a before and after. Moving on, like, how did that shape and, and, and play a part in you moving on to later things like talking sixth form and, sixth and form. going into uni and things like that? Yeah, um interesting like so it probably i think it it put me in this situation where like i kind of i knew that like i ultimately needed to get to a point where i emulated all the things i looked up to in my father basically and like i knew but at the same time like i was in scenarios where i was kind of half not doing that half doing that basically like you you know you're in school and and loudness and blah 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 and you like you just want to have fun and this and that so like I constantly had this dialogue in my head of just like, I'm doing this and I know it's wrong. And I, I know that this is time, like, I know that I, this is like a, a time marked thing and like, this is going to run out and I'm going to have to change soon. So I, I think it, I've just like, it was gradually a phase of, and this is much easier said looking back as I didn't notice at the time, but it was kind of a gradual process of like closing the gap between where I was and where I wanted to be basically, or like what the type of person that I wanted to be was mm. like, um, in practice that looked like, I'd, uh, gr- just growing up and like getting closer yeah I, it's it's all kind of linked to getting closer to god and like th- that was just the incremental process of this and that and more and more and more um it looked like i don't know just looking for different things in friendships like i said you um, mentioned the the influential role of your brother and sister like yeah. what role did they have to play in this journey like just I learnt like you see what you said in terms of you want to emulate things from people around you and like role they're just role models like complete role models in terms of like just every like how they how they took care of my mum how or how how they treat my mum like how like they went about school and stuff so like they so they both like performed like really well in in school and stuff so that was something I was always looking up to like kind of academically like I, I need to push myself to my to the best that I can be and stuff. Um, so yeah, as as school went on, I kind of that became more and more of a thing of like, oh yeah, 
until I got to a point in sixth form where like I was starting to apply to uni and stuff and like actually funnily enough the one thing that made me want to apply to uni like to 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 like Oxford basically was that I kind of I wanted this to be my kind of the thing that I could give back to my mum basically I could like this this would this would be my way of telling my mum that okay look like since my and I've I don't really I've never spoken about this like openly but it's but since we're here like um it was I wanted it to be my way of telling my mum that like look nothing's changed since then um things are just as fine as they were before and like you can have something to smile about so in terms of sixth form that's what I was really working hard for like I was just working hard to be able to just bring kind of like a sense of you no know, things that well-being into the into the household but yeah it was all, these were kind of things that I knew in my head more than I I would speak about I'd say mm. um I'm I'm interested in knowing a bit more about your school before we move on to your university experience like yeah. what was Richmond College like like, what do you remember about that time? I love Richmond College, man. Richmond, Richmond's the funniest too. It's so <laughs> funny. Like, it's actually, it's, it's just so funny. So, like, I was in this weird position where, because um, I did IB, Richmond College, so if you don't know, Richmond College is, is like, one, like, just a funny college. Like, the, the most notable alumni <laughs> from Richmond College is, like, Dave, Santan Dave, and Crept. Crept, yeah, Crept yeah. was in my, bro- when my brother was in ISOC of Richmond College, Crept was there. And then I, I must have tweeted him one time, like, oh, my brother says salam. He's like, yeah, yeah give him my salam. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, that's what Richmond's known for. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah. You, one day there's a metal detector outside the college. Because, <laughs> like, to check that no one's carrying weapons, like, that type of stuff. But IB was, like, really well taught. So I was, like, well taught, but in this just, like, uh, not academic environment whatsoever. <laughs> so it looked like going into my lessons, coming out of my lessons, and all my all my friends are just, just chilling. They're just, like, they're just, like, oh, my being like skip economics just you don't, <laughs> you don't need to go like so i was just you know yeah, yeah. Like, honestly yeah. you know like skip it. just skip it just this like we're just just chilling like Man. bear just chicken wings on the floor <laughs> just like you know them eating they're just eating on the floor and stuff it was like it, it was so weird it was like being very well ed- very well taught but just in in the ghetto like, that's, what, like, that's what it felt like but it was it was good it was good i i really I really liked being part of the real world. I hate, I hate bubbles. I hate mm. like, I hate elitism. I hate all of that. So like, just to be grounded, but also like, have the privilege of being taught well was really was really good. But yeah, you you guys had went to local, yeah, not far. Like, I, I went to the um, Richmond College Orphan. I think we yeah, spoke about this. Yeah, yeah, really, it was hilarious, bro. I thought I thought I was gonna go there because mm. have you seen Coach Carter? Uh, no, I know about it, but yeah, I'm so not good at films. They, they have this chant, yeah, like Samuel L. Jackson. This yeah, it's one of my favorite yeah, films. It's a great film. And they have a, <laughs> they have a chant, and it goes, Rich what? Richmond. Oh, the yeah. <laughs> so I remember when I was watching that, yeah, I was like, I'm going Richmond. Are you mad? I'm going Richmond. That was nah. like my favorite film. So I was like, I'm 100% oh, yeah. going Richmond. I was like, I'm going to play for the team, and we're going to do the chart and yeah. all of that. Um, that but, yeah, but I <laughs> You know, bro, you know, some people would come to Richmond for the bands. Like, they, they would yeah. come. They they knew of Richmond as just the popping college. Like yeah, that's the that's man. the college where just yeah, people yeah, that yeah, are just yeah, on jokes yeah. and stuff. Interesting. We speak we spoke about gratefulness like at the top of the of, of the conversation, and I suppose one way I kind of want to bring it towards the end of the convo is like, what one thing are you grateful for? Like, do you feel like looking back on all of these experiences, the ups and downs? What one thing am I grateful for? Um, I'm grateful that when I really, really needed him, God was there for me. Mm. When I really need, like, as in, like, when I was, my back was really against the wall, God was came through for me. When I was really, like, my, my school, 
my academic trajectory was never like it looks all linear looking back like oh like mm. you did this or you went to uni and stuff but it wasn't like that like mm. it was it was it was difficult at every stage and i am really 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 grateful that mm. i was given difficulty at a certain age and allowed to grow through it like mm. the experience of coming to life and being and i'm grateful for gratitude mm. itself like i'm grateful that i'm able able to say thank you for things Wicked. It was a, it was a amazing to have you on, bro. That's like, thank you so pleasure. much for coming through, man. Yeah, big man. pleasure. Listen, I got, you know, I, you. I've already gassed you lot up so much to your faces. <laughs> but you but didn't even, do it in front of the camera. So. <laughs> Which one do I look at? Which one is it? This one. Like the purity of intention that comes across in this, and like you feel comfortable because of it. You feel comfortable that like this doesn't have any pretension attached to it. It's just like, it's just and like I just pray that goodness comes from goodness and it just gets quiet, bigger man. and better from here. Thank bro, you. like we always say, you're as much as a part of it as we are and, and, and we're learning every step of the way, man.